we're going to read a little more from Chaitanya Charitamrita. I picked a section in the last discussion that uh, highlighted a verse of Rupa Goswami in glorification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in that same vein, we're going to turn to another section in which another great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has offered a prayer that is worth committing to our memory and deriving spiritual strength from. And uh, that uh, devotee is a great and learned Bhattacharya, Sri Sarvabhoma. Hmm? Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya Kijai. Kijai. Sarvabhoma had a very uh, intimate relationship with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in due course. And uh, there's a background to that sense of intimacy that they uh, developed in Puri. Um, that um, Sarvabhoma referred to when he was first enamored or charmed by the young Sri Krishna Chaitanya, 24 years old, coming into Puri and uh, falling in, in, in trance and exhibiting ecstatic symptoms for Jagannath in the temple. And, and these were uh, manifest in a very extreme way. Um, as you may know, the sattikabhavas are uncontrolled or involuntary um, ecstasies, and they have their eightfold, uh, usually as described, the Rupa Goswami has said in Chaitanya Charitam, but there are others too that I don't, I don't, they're so rare that I don't mention them. Hmm? Some of them were mentioned, have been mentioned, I should say, by Krishna Skadarash Goswami. Um, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. So I oftentimes emphasize the fact that, that this person in religious history of the world, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is par excellence the embodiment of ecstasy. If uh, we were to take various religious figures who have appeared in the world, comparatively, we have to say, well, be, whatever it's about, whatever's behind it, measured as ecstasy. Uh, surpasses anything that we've um, come in touch with. And this is the core point of Gaudi theology. Within the other traditions aside, within Gaudi Vaishnavism, I was asked the other day by Satchitanai that why Chaitanya Mahabrabhu wanted to taste the experience of Radha but didn't care to taste the experience of Nanda Dishoda or Coward Boys and so forth. What's, what's the idea behind that? And, of course, the idea behind that is that Krishna is rasa and rasika, so he also tastes rasa, while he's the object of rasa, the object of love for everyone in Vrindavan. He loves them also. So, the reverse of this, they become objects of love for him. So, he does, um, for example, Svakaras in particular is, is, is characterized by equality, that the one has the confidence that my friend is experiencing the same thing as I am. Hmm? That's thought to be one of the highlights of the, from the cowherd's point of view, that uh, um, because it affords a sense of, sense of intimacy. But the issue arises only in relation to 
um, Radha's love. Mm-hmm. So, within the full development, the full-blown development of love of Krishna, in any form, in, in Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhurya, there are developments. And the full-blown development is Dasya up to Raga, Vatsalya uh, up to uh, Anurag, uh, some cowards up to Mahabhav, some gopis up to Mahabhav, and then within Mahabhav, these are very complicated technical terms, of course, but uh, each of the basic rasas has a further development within Vrindavan, and so the anyway, the development is Snehaman, Pranay, Raghunarag, Bhav, Mahabhav. Uh, and and relative to the Dasya Sakya, the developments will be different. Mm-hmm. And so, some uh, some cowards, for example, we know they experience up to Mahabhav. It's called within that it's called Rudhama Mahabhav, which means like blown out, you know, Mahabhav. And, and then there's Adiruddha Mahabhav, which is blown out, full blown out. <laughs> it's kind of literally means like full blown, you know. And then within that, there there is the Adiruddha Madan and Mohan Mahabhav, and so on and so forth. So certain gopikas, they uh, who are all friends of Radha, hmm, they can taste the Adiruddha Mahabhav up to a certain point. And then Radha's position, which he tastes, is extreme. It we call it Adiruddha Madan Akya Mahabhav, hmm. and so. This was something that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even certain other gopikas in 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 Madhurasa with, with Radha and Krishna couldn't taste this, only Radha. So therefore he had a he had a problem. Although he tastes rasa also, he could her experience exceeded his in 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 a way that doesn't in other rasas. So he was pressed to try to experience that. Hmm. How do we get there? From Sarvabhoma, who went off on an introductory tangent, forgive me, but. Um, so, Mahaprabhu is this embodiment of ecstasy, and within the context of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, not giving a broader context of different religious traditions as I began, you've got your Sufis, you've got Jesus and other ecstatics, if you will, uh, comparatively uh, within within the larger picture, certainly true. But within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it's thought there's no person in the history of the world. Radha is the Maha Sarupani, the full fullest form of love of, of, of Krishna, of love of God, hmm? and so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to takes that. And so, within the Gaudiya world and the Vaishnava world in general, that's included within amongst different avatars and so forth, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's position is, position is extraordinary mm-hmm. in terms of the measure of his ecstasy. And Sarvabhoma got a glimpse of this. Here's this 24-year-old lad coming from Nadia and falling in a trance and exhibiting all the ecstatic symptoms and Usually one or two, and you can control it a little bit. But then 
he had all eight of them, and there are different stages. There's the smoking stage, the the, the, the uh, lighted stage, the, the the full the blazing stage, and so forth. Deepta, Sudipta. So all eight, many times over, thousand times over, all at once, something like this. So he had some experience of this, and he's a learned person, this Sarvabhoma, and he was uh, the guru, one of the gurus of the king, the most learned pandit in, in Jagannath Puri. He'd seen a lot, and he was a Chaitra Sanyasi, a person who had, had, he had taken a vow to live in the Dham. Hmm? Um, not a traveling preaching sannyasi, and he was a, he, he, this apparently is something that one could do even in the context of married life. So he was a married, retired kind of married person, and the, the chief pondered and, and more. He would teach young sannyasis about the logic of the Vedanta that would fortify them in their their position of renunciation in the face of the glamour and the glare of the world, which is always there to take you away and so forth. So you can be fortified with with knowledge, you know, it's helpful. So this was what he did on a regular basis. So he's a very powerful, extraordinary person, and he had seen many sannyasins, many saintly persons, and so on and so forth. But he'd never seen anything like this young boy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so he brought him, had him brought to his own house, and he uh, tendered to his condition. He put some cotton by his nose, and so he's still breathing. He's alive. These are ecstatic symptoms. And he said, we've never seen anything like this before. Hmm? These kind of things. So he was taken. Mahaprabhu showed some Aishwarya. Hmm? Attracted his attention. Some majesty, these ecstatic symptoms. The he's extraordinary. Captured his attention. And then, so he inquired about him. Hmm? When he came to external consciousness, who are you? Hmm? And, uh, oh, he traced it out. Oh, you come from Nadia. I also come from Nadia. And my father, I think it was an, it was an acquaintance of your father. Grandfather. grandfather. My father was an acquaintance of, of your grandfather. And so, you know, we, we actually, he's feeling some, this Nadia connection, hmm? which is, of course, without Aishwarya, full of intimacy and so forth, just like Vrindavan. The intimacy with Krishna and Nadia, the relationship with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nimai Pandit, Vishwambar, call him by his family name and so forth. It's, it's intimate. In Puri, he's showing the, the Aishwarya of a sannyasi, knowledge <coughs> he has, renunciation he has, and he has these ecstasies that make him very like, whoa, you have to stand back and different. So, um, on two levels, he connects with him. First, by the Aishwarya, he's drawn in, and then, then he traces out. That they're, they're, they have some type of a you know, close relationship by um, um, uh, uh, acquaintance between their, their their family lines and so forth. So, so he really likes him. <laughs> he really likes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He doesn't understand him yet, and of course he offers to teach him. And uh, and you know the story that uh, well. Uh, first of all, some of the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Gopinath, who's the brother-in-law of Sarvabhoma, objects, who are you to teach him? He is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm. We consider him to be Krishna himself. And Sarvabhoma kind of chuckles and says, well, you know, a lot of people think they're, they're gurus or God and so forth. You know, uh, 
you don't know the Shastra very well, so your sentiment is not you know, going to sway me. In Kali Yuga, there is no avatar. Therefore, Vishnu's name is Triyuga. He only appears in Triyugas. So he attempts to defeat Gopinath and expose his sentiment hmm, and say, we live here on the basis of Shastra. Hmm. Our, our, our sentiments, if there are any, our, our business is to retire sentiments, mundane sentiments with the knowledge of Shastra. And his idea was to enter into Brahman and so forth. So, um, but, but Gopinath had some comeback to him, of course. And he quoted different verses and uh, explained from Bhagavatam. There, Prahlad says, uh, he uses the term for you, and he says, uh, what? Chanakalo. Um, in Kali Yuga, Vishnu's name is, is Triyuga because he comes in three Yugas apparently or obviously but in the Kali Yuga he comes in a hidden way. Hmm. And so Sarvas uh, check that verse out and a couple other verses and so forth. Well, you have your interpretations, I have mine. Anyway, hmm. I'm not going to be swayed by your by your sentiments. And then Mahabra will intervene and he said, you know, no, but he wants to teach me. So he's my elder and, and and, and so forth, and so you know, I should I should take instruction from I'm just a young sannyasi. Hmm? And so Sarvabhama became his teacher. And of course, in the context of teaching Sarvabhama, Tarchetana Mahaprabhu, Sarvabhama himself got educated. Hmm? And he saw that Mahaprabhu had shown him his ecstasy, and then he showed him his knowledge. Hmm? And Sarvabhama was overwhelmed by the, the measure of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's knowledge and explanations of scripture, his mind was just blown, really. Hmm? He didn't know what to think. The only thought that came to him is, this person is superhuman. And what did Gopinath say, my brother-in-law? Hmm. Whoa. And what, who am I? Because he had a very prestigious position. He's the teacher, and now he's finding out that... Uh, he has much to learn, but his whole understanding of Vedanta is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my about understanding. Mm-hmm. So, not only is he astounded by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's knowledge, his ecstasy, and endeared to him by uh, their family relationship and so forth, and just the charm and the beauty of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but now he's also like coming into a whole different conception of the import the purport, the conclusion of the Shastras, Vaishnav conclusion, hmm? that in itself is just like mind-boggling, hmm? different perspective. And so, this is the condition he's in. <laughs> and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, well, Krishnadas narrates, so he's giving a bit of an introduction, he says from there, Chaitanya charun vine nahi jane an, vinu shastra ar na from that day on, Sarvabhum Bhattacharya did not know anything but the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. From that day, he could explain the revealed scriptures only in accordance with the <coughs> bhakti siddhanta given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he's converted. He's converted. As I've said before, later on, we won't get to that, but later on, 
his conversion is tested by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Whether his bhakti conversion is covered by jnana or karma. Hmm? Mahaprabhu created a test for him. Hmm? I'll tell it in, in brief. Some of you have heard it from the before, but from the text later on, we won't, they won't get that far. But to test the measure of his conversion, one day Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came <coughs> early in the morning before the Bhattacharya had risen, he was bringing the Mahaprasad from the Jagannath temple. He said, Bhattacharya, gee, I've got the Mahaprasad. Wake up. Uti, uti. So Bhattacharya gets up, praises the Mahaprasadam, starts honoring it. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was laughing and laughing, so happy. What's with this? You're breaking all the rules of the karma. The Dharma Shastras say before honoring any prasadam, you first have to bathe, and you have to do this, and you have to do that, and so on and so forth, and, and so on. But the Chaitanya says, yeah, this is... Mahaprasad is divine, he praises it, and so forth, and he has a bhakti understanding that's not covered by karma, where you think, yes, I should honor prasad, but first I have to follow the Dharma Shastra and all it says to do, and and so on and so forth. So Mahaprabhu was very happy to see oh. And then, then later, Mahaprabhu creates a situation where Sarvabhoma comes to him and brings the Bhagavatam and cites a verse from Bhagavatam and says, I don't like this word in the Bhagavatam, therefore I'm changing it. The word was mukti. Jivetayo mukti pade sadaya bhakti. I'd change it. Jivetayo mukti. Jivetayo bhakti pade sadaya bhakti. The word mukti. He said, I don't like the sound of it anymore. Hmm? Because it's more, you have to understand, at the time, the very predominant religious influence, from an esoteric point of view, was Advaita Vedanta. And its religious manifestation in religious life was the Smartas. And the Smartas, to this day, they run the Jagannath Puri Temple. At some point in history, Bhakti Vinod had some influence there. Hmm? But uh, today it's run by the Smartas, and it was at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So the Smartas are the religious Brahmins who follow the Advaita Vedanta and apply it hmm, um, in a Dharma context, ministering to the common people about religion. Hmm? And, and the word mukti meant to them merging with Brahman and Shankar's idea of mukti in which the jiva is not real the jiva is an illusion the individuality of the jiva is an illusion there's one pervading awareness called Brahman and you are that that's their idea but our Gaudiya Vedanta and all the forms of Vaishnava Vedanta do not um, agree with that interpretation and for good reason and demonstrate why in their discourses and commentaries and so on and so forth. But this was the reigning kind of paradigm, religious paradigm. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody asked me, or asked on the on the Facebook on our Bodhi Vaishnavism Real and Apparent forum, why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas from the Mayavadi? Keshava Bharati was we don't know if he was a Mayavadi, but he was initiated in the Advaitin tradition, which is teaches the Mayavad doctrine. Hmm? Um, and so I give a quick answer because he because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to initiate him into Vaishnavism. Hmm? He asked, "Why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not take sannyas from a Vaishnav 
sannyasi. He said he took from Keshavari and Advaitin sannyasi. My answer was because he wanted to give initiation in Vaishnava sannyasi to Keshavari. Because we know before he get, took the mantra from Keshavari, he said, Is this the mantra you're going to give me? and whispered it in his ear. And as the eyewitness account relates, the eyewitness account of Murari Gupta accounts that the, uh, that, that the Keshav Bharti had an epiphany. That initiated, he heard the mantra from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He had a whole different understanding of what it means. So there's a sannyas mantra. This was the mantra... The, 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 the adage, the, the aphorism, the <coughs> Mahavakya, the great sound as it's thought in Advaita Vedanta of the um, Vedanta Sutra. Tattvamasi. You are that. You are that. And the Shankar interpretation is you are Brahman, Jiva and Brahman are one. There is really only, no real Jiva, there's really only Brahman. Hmm? The Vaishnava idea is, and it's it's actually a better translation, you are his. Tvam, you, uh, asi, are his. Tat. So that conception in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart and consciousness behind the mantra was shared with Bhattacharya when he imparted the sound of the mantra into his ear, asking, is this the mantra that you're going to give me? I just want to... Sure. So, as Mari Gupta relates at, in, as an eyewitness account, the, but the, the case of Bharti had an epiphany. He said, "Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, Tatumasi and he became Vaishnava." <laughs> so that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas from Advaitin to give the sannyas mantra in the Vaishnava to him. Hmm? So anyway, this was the predominant influence of the time and Sarvabhoma was influenced by that so the word mukti in their tradition means to, to, to this merging with Brahman so the, there's different ways of interpreting the word mukti obviously and mukti is one of the subjects of the Bhagavatam the ten subjects of the Bhagavatam and there is a theistic and devotional explanation of the term there but, but the charger was thinking this is what readily comes to mind these days when you say the word mukti and I can't tolerate the idea now that I've been converted and so forth and, and tasting the bhakti and so he wanted to change the word to bhakti but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of course told him you can't cha- I appreciate that you can't change the word to the bhakti you have to understand it like this give a Vaishnava interpretation of mukti to be liberated pade at the feet of Vishnu in service is the idea and so, in this way, Mahaprabhu tested him whether his bhakti was covered by jnan or karma. First karma, that in order to do bhakti, the bhakti is not, the idea is, if your bhakti is covered by karma, your idea is, bhakti is not sufficient in and of itself. I have to make sure I cover the dharma and do all those things right. No. That's to have your bhakti means you feel your bhakti is dependent to some extent on karma, karma mark. These are this is a different path, the Varnashram path and the bhakti path. So he was clear on that. He just took the Mahaprasad, for example. 
And then the jnana idea is that, well, for example, I will do bhakti to get jnana, to get mukti. Hmm? So this is an example of bhakti to jnana. So we see that Sarabhum didn't have that in him either. So his, his conversion was, was was comprehensive. He is now ananandivakta. Hmm? A one-minded, exclusive... This is Bhakti Sarvadam, Krita Jamami, come, Mami, come, only me, only me. They say in the Bible that, that Jesus was God was a jealous God. Have no other gods before me. <laughs> Krishna's not jealous, but he says, only me. And for me, there's a lot of reasons why. Who are the other gods and how their powers derive from me and so on and so forth. But this is for Bhakti. Ananya Bhakti. This is the entry level. Hmm. Faith in Krishna. Just by taking the name of Krishna, everything will be accomplished. I don't need to do anything else. Hmm. He's fine, Bhagwan. So, um, so the Buddha chart has been converted. Now he only explains everything from a bhakti point of view. Gopinatha charjatanu vaishnavatta dekhiya hori hori bole nache hatte. So, seeing this conversion, Gopinath, his brother-in-law, who tried to convince him earlier, before, as I mentioned, he's very happy. And he says, Hari Hari Bodhi, claps his hands. Very happy to see the condition of his brother-in-law. Measure this conversion. Prabhustani. So, then the next day, Bhattacharya went to visit the temple, but as he would usually, but before visiting the temple, he went to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to have his darshan. Then the Bhattacharya Kaila, Bhahubhidastuti, Dainyakori Kahini, Chapuva Dhamati. When he met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he paid his dandavats. Then the Bhattacharya Kaila, Bhahubhidastuti. And he offered many prayers. Sarvam again, he's very, very learned. Hmm? And, and he's said to have been the, the teacher of Raghunath Shivamani, who is the par excellence logician of, uh, of India hmm? from 500 years back. Hmm. You know the story of Raghunath Shiromani and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going across the Ganges in, in a boat and Raghunath said I've written a book of logic which was the thing of the time Navanyaya and I'd like you to look at it and see what you think my objection, objective by writing this book is to be the most famous logician in all of India so Mahaprabhu said well let me take a look and by the way I've written one too <laughs> Mahaprabhu produced one and gave one to him so Mahaprabhu is reading his book, and he, Raghunath, Shiromani, is reading Mahaprabhu's book, and, and Raghunath begins to cry. Mahaprabhu says, why are you crying? What have I said there? He said, I'm reading your book, and I know there's, there's no hope for me to become the greatest logician in all of India. Reading your book makes mine look like, you know, like a kindergarten work. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, oh, I'm sorry, you give it back to me. And he threw it in the Ganges, his own book. And Raghunath became the most learned logician in all of India. And this is how much Mahaprabhu cared for logic. 
<laughs> what is the place of bhakti in relation to that? So Sarvabhuma, very, uh, very learned, he, on the spot, he composed many prayers. And then he deprecated himself. He said, Bhakti Sadam Shrestha Shunite Hulaman Prabhu Upadesha Koyla Nam Sankirtan. When he deprecated himself, he said, uh, I want to know something from you. Out of all the different angas of bhakti, the limbs of the body of bhakti, the ways in which we execute or engage in bhakti, which is the most important? Of all the practices of bhakti, which is the most important? This is his question. Mahaprabhu said, Harinam, Harinam, Harinam eva kebalam, Kalo nasteva 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 This is a verse from Brihad Navadiya Purana. Mahaprabhu has cited it elsewhere in Chaitanya Charitamrita as well. Here he cites it to the learned Sarvabhama and he boils it down to him his answer to this. He says, Hare Nam, Hare Nam, Hare Nam, Evokabalam. The holy name, the holy name, the holy name, Evokabalam, is the only way. Hmm? Nasteva, Nasteva, Nasteva. There's no other way, there's no other way, there's no other way. Hmm? to achieve the, the, uh, the goal than this. Hmm? So there's repetition for the sake of emphasis. Hmm? There's positive repetition and negative repetition. There's, this is the only way, this is the only way, this is the only way, there's no other way, there's no other way, there's no other way. Hmm? And uh, the three is times besides um, um, we say it three times for the sake of repetition it, it also is thought in different commentaries to refer to the other ways that were um, thought to have currency karma gyan yoga not by karma not by gyan not by yoga hmm. only by harinam and of course, the scriptures say this hmm? that the Yuga Dharma, the Dharma of Kali Yuga is now um, Sankirtan. So, Mahaprabhu makes this emphasis here on chanting. Within the con- this is, of course, an answer in the context of bhakti. Sarvabhuma already, had already concluded there was no way but by bhakti. Now he's understanding within the context of bhakti, only by kirtan. So it's said that while there are nine main limbs of bhakti given by Prahlad, hearing, chanting, remembering, deity, and so forth, I believe Jiva Swami and Bhakti Siddhartha emphasizes that all of them have to be accompanied with kirtan in order to be efficacious. Um, so we accompany our archan with our artiques, for example, with kirtan, and, and uttering the names of the Lord when they offer the items, and so on and so forth. So Mahabharata answers like this with a famous verse from the Purana. Hmm? And Mahabharata is said here that uh, he, he explained this verse in some detail, arguably going into what's wrong with the karma marg and the yoga marg and the 
down Marg and how they can only be efficacious at all if there's some bhakti involved in them and, uh, and so forth. I've emphasized these points in the discussions. I think you're clear on that, but Mahaprabhu went out into it in some detail and said here. And Patacharya was just astounded by his um, explanation, filled with chamatkar. Gupinatacharya bole amipu beje khaita. Shuno Patacharya. Tomar seita hulla. Gopinath, the brother-in-law of Sarvabhama, said, he reminded Sarvabhama, my dear Bhattacharya, what I told you, it's now taking place. Now you're seeing who he is. Hmm? He's relishing this very much. Bhattacharya kohitanve kori namaskore. Tomar sambande prabhu kripto kolamore. Offering his own obeisances to Gopinath, Sarvabhama said, because I'm related to you and you are a devotee, mercy has been shown to me. Hmm. So he's tracing it out. He understands bhakti quite well from this statement. Hmm. He says, you are a devotee. You are dear to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And you wanted that I would be converted. Hmm. And I resisted. But because you wanted and showed your mercy to me, that's why... I was ultimately able to understand what I do and have come to the position that I have today. So he shows a very good understanding of the nature of bhakti. He traces it out. Hmm. That what? Bhaktiya sandrataya bhaktiya. Bhakti comes only from bhakti. Hmm. Well, we say, oh, but you're saying it's coming from Gopinath's mercy. But the mercy of Gopinath, or the mercy of a devotee, the compassion of a devotee, that is bhakti. That arises because bhakti is in their heart. And they're relishing that bhakti. They feel compelled to share it with others. So the source of the devotee's mercy and compassion is bhakti. And, of course, we can also say, well, it comes from sadhusanga, not from bhakti, but sadhusanga is, is, is an anga of bhakti. It's said to be the birthplace of bhakti, the root of bhakti, the janma. the janma. So, this is an important uh, philosophical point, and uh, in a simple way, Sarvam was making it, but we can understand. He understood this Bhakti Siddhanta very well. Hmm? It, the indication here is that Bhakti is independent. Very important point. It's not dependent on anything. Other processes that have just been um, dismissed by the Harinam Sloka all in order for them to bear the fruit that they are said to bear, uh, or, or I should say, rather, to to, part, to participate in them requires some some prerequisite. Bhakti doesn't. Bhakti qualifies one. Other paths, one has to qualify oneself to take up the path. Bhakti qualifies one of her own accord. So I pum some parodhamma leto bhakti dhokshaya. Some proceeded to me. So. 
Ahitu. Ahitu means without reason. There's a reason for karma mixed with bhakti, for gyan mixed with bhakti. People have a reason. Bhakti comes for a reason. Somebody wants this, bhakti may generously come and in the sattiki form, for example, give that person their desired goal. Merge with Brahman, acquire, uh, attain heavenly planets, something like this. But the bhakti of the Bhagavatam is ahitu. Without any cause, without any reason. It means it's to be performed without any motive other than for bhakti itself. Bhakti gives bhakti. This verse, Savai Pumsam Parodham. Parodhamo means sadhana bhakti. Savai Pumsam Parodhamo, you told bhakti rahoksaje. And bhakti rahoksaje means praying. So sadhana bhakti gives praying bhakti. Green mango will eventually become a, a red mango, or a yellow mango, a ripe mango. They're both mangoes, mangoes. So, Bhattacharya understands this point. It's an important point. The qualification for bhakti is bhakti comes and creates faith in us. You have that? And you can trade that. You know, another Prabhu said to set up a marketplace in Nadi and he's selling the holy name for just the faith of the devotee. You have to have faith to do anything, to tread any path. You have to have faith in it. I believe that this is going to work, therefore I'm going to do it. But you need other things as well. For Gyanmarg, you need a pure heart, for example. Yogamarg, you have to be celibate. And so on and so forth. Bhakti, only the faith. And the faith is created by Bhakti herself. Hmm? In the form of the devotee's compassion, kindness. Bhakti showed this to Sarvabhu and Bhattacharya. And the Bhattacharya could to trace it out. Hmm? So while Bhakti was having a fun time and saying, just see, now what I predicted, what I said, you're realizing. And saying, yes, that's true. And I offer my respect to you. And only by your grace is this possible. Tumi Mahabhagavata Ami Tarka Andhe Prabhupada Kula Mure Tomar Sambande. He says, Tumi Mahabhagavata, you are a Mahabhagavata Gupinath. You are a great devotee. And Ami Tarka Andhe. I am living in the darkness of the shadows of ignorance, of, of, of argumentation. In logic, that that was his position, his previous position. Of course, he's in a new position now, but he's remembering what he's, where he's come from, and identifying himself with that in comparison to the position of Gopinath. I'm in, living the dweller in the darkness of of logical arguments. The Vedanta Sutra says, "What Tarko Patishta." By argument, you never get anywhere. Sometimes you have to argue for bhakti to establish the points in the Siddhanta and so forth. But kebala kebala zutkaranta kebala yukti means 
this kind of logic that the whole Western world has embraced. Um, logic detached from from revelation. Um, this is in, always inconclusive. So there's always another logic. If it's attached to a to a body of revelation, then you argue about what it says. Then you can come to a conclusive position hmm, on it. It has some standing. So we call that shastra yukti. Hmm. This we accept. Probably say no mental speculation. I mean, it's just just uh, just. This is what the Western world of philosophy is all about. It used to be philosophy would be tied to Revelation, and then they thought, well, who needs the Bible in the Western world? So, and there are problems with it anyway, and so forth. And so then the mind was free just to reason. Mm-hmm. I like to think, as I've written and said before, that, that reason really is most beautiful when it becomes an assistant to faith. Faith is something that's properly understood as beyond reason. Reason is a is a kind of a doubting and a questioning about something. You want to come to the, the actual process of, of reasoning to come to some conclusion. Faith is that I've got a conclusion, therefore I'm I'm going. We reason in order to move forward, perhaps. So the faith implies, well, I've already understood, so I'm going. Faith is the animating principle. You may derive some faith from reason, but people today think faith is a departure from reason, and reason is everything. Hmm. Faith is a kind of knowing. You don't have a doubt. Of course, it may not be a well-reasoned faith. That's another thing. There may be blind faith, but if there's blind faith, then there must be seeing faith. Hmm. And Seeing through revelation is a way of seeing beyond what we can see with our own eyes. And we find that by seeing through revelation, we can see things that we could not see otherwise. Hmm? We begin to see the world from a different perspective. Hmm? And we think, that makes sense, yes. Hmm? I thought that by, by acquisition of things, I would become happy. And it's just, just the opposite. And I can see it. Hmm? Something like this. This is is a basic idea. So, this is my position. I was just merged in this argument and I had a wrong interpretation of the scriptures as well. But because of your sambandha, your relationship with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, he has bestowed his mercy on me. He's also implying here, but by your grace, I've got some bandhagyan. Mahaprabhu has shown me some bandhagyan, a different kind of gyan. I thought gyan meant that that jiva and brahman were one. Hmm? There's no jiva, and there's no real world. This is the Mayabhad idea. But now, hmm, Mahaprabhu, because of your relationship with him, hmm, and you wanted to show me mercy, he showed me mercy. And I've got some bandhagyan. Sambandagan is a different kind of knowledge. That's the knowledge of how Krishna and his Shaktis interact with him and with one another. 
It speaks of a variegated absolute. Just like I can say, this is this is my body, right? This is my body, or I could say, this is my hand. Which is it? Is this my hand, or is this my body? <laughs> it's both. It's 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 both. It's one. It's it's your body. It's it's your hand. Hmm. It's my hand. It's different from my body, but it's it's connected. So something like this. This is like beta beta. So Krishna has shaktis. They're one with him, and different from him. Depends how we talk about it. We can talk from the abed side or the bed side. Hmm? You tend to talk from the bed side, the different side, because that makes for a perspective. Hmm? Of of, uh, of a variegated absolute, and variety is required, and difference for loving. Hmm? There has to be some love, in other words. So, anyway, but the charger, he's got all this now, and it's very different kind of knowledge, a different kind of knowing altogether. Sambandha means the knowledge of Krishna. What are his qualities? What is his form? Hmm? What is the difference between Jiva and Maya and Jiva and Brahman? There's a likeness between Jiva and Brahman. They're both conscious, chit. There's a difference between Jiva and Brahman also. Jiva is a, is a shakti of the absolute particle. Tatasta, shakti, different from Brahman. Hmm? So, all this is the Sambandha, these kind of things. Hmm? And this is the foundation that gives, I call it, a, I refer to it as a conceptual orientation out of which a certain type of action will arise. So how you think about things, how you're oriented, will foster a certain type of movement. So the movement that arises out of this kind of knowledge is bhakti. Hmm? And the result of that movement is more bhakti, plain bhakti. So we have our sabandha, abhideya, and our conceptual orientation, the way, and the goal. Vinay shuni tushte prabhu koila lingan kohila jana karaha ishvara darshan. He says, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very pleased with his Very pleased with this uh, statement <coughs> of the of Sarabhama and embraced him. Very happy with his conclusions. He said, oh, go to see Lord Jagannath in the temple. Jagadananda Damoda Dui Sange Piram Gare Oila Bata Chari Jagannatha Dekia. After visiting the temple, Sarabhama returned home. And along with him, Jagadananda and Damodar came. These are two associates of Mahaprabhu. Now they are all friends. Bhakti Sangha. Uttam Uttam Prashad Bahut Anila. Nijubi Prashad Te Dui Jan Sangha Dila. Bhattacharya brought Bahut Anila Prashad. Huge amount of prashad. And 
all the prashad was given to his Brahman servant, as well as Jagadananda and Jamadana. Sarvuma then composed two verses on a leaf of a palm. Giving the palm leaf to Jagarananda Prabhu, Sarvuma requested him to deliver it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we come to the verse uh, I want to recite. Uh, actually, what happened was Sarvuma composed a hundred verses. Mahaprabhu was showing great pleasure in, in Sarvabhoma. Sarvabhoma is showing his the depth of his conversion, his understanding of bhakti. Some very, very substantial points we see in this, just in the context of conversation. He's understood. As I've been pointing out, hmm? Mahaprabhu has embraced him. Go to the temple. He goes off and composes a hundred verses in praise of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sarvabhoma Shataka is called. Hmm? It's been published. hundred verses. I mean, that's a, quite a... It shows the measure of his yeah. learned, uh, his, his scholarship and so forth. Hmm? And two of these book verses have become very prominent. One of them in particular has become very, very prominent. So he, he took these two and put them on the palm leaf and gave them to Jagadananda to take these. This prashad, hmm, I give for you and servant here. You carry this, and and Jagadam, you take this and give these verses to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I, I propose them in praise of him. Very happy to see these these verses hmm, by such a literate and accomplished person, and they're proper in terms of Siddhanta and so forth. So Prabhusthane Ayla he prashad patrilana. Kundadatta Patri Niga Tanahati Pona. Jagadananda Damada returned to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, bringing him both Prashad and the palm leaf on which the verses were composed. However, Kundadatta Patri Niga Tanahati Pona. Before they were delivered to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by Damara, by, by, by Jagadananda Mukunda, hmm? another devotee, Mukunda took them from him. What did he do? Mukunda, Dushloko Bohiro Vite Likiya Rakila, Tobe Jagadananda Patri Prabhu Kelana Dila. Mukunda then took the two verses on the palm with, and, and he copied them and he wrote them on the wall. Very smart. Hmm? Then he gave them back to Jagadananda. Why did he do that? Why did he write them on the wall? You see, hmm? he could understand Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mind. Hmm? He could understand how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would respond. Hmm? So Jagadananda took the verse, the palm leaf back, and he delivered it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabhuchro Kopadipatra Chindiya Pelila. As soon as Mahaprabhu read the verses, he immediately tore them up. He tore the palm leaf up 
and throw it away. See how displeased he is with Sarvabhoma. <laughs> no, no, he's not displeased with Sarvabhoma. No. And this is why Shavananda wrote them on the wall. He knew. Mahabharata received the verses, and in his Vaishnava of humility, hmm, this praise of him, which says things about him that are very important to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and they are the Siddhanta of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, about some, some aspects of about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Still, he is the, the Kali Yuga avatar, so he's in a hidden way, and sometimes he shows that bhava, and so, embarrassed by the verses, hmm, he tore up the by the devotees. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is trying to cover himself, and the devotees trying to uncover him. Hmm? The scriptures are hiding him. Hmm? Once he's appeared, uh, can't hide anymore. Hmm? The devotees have come with him and they are sharing him with the world. This is our work. Hmm? Our joy. Hmm? Previous to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, the, the, those understandings in the scriptures about him were there, but nobody uncovered them. Hmm? Once he came, he didn't come alone. And devotees like Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Sanatha Goswami, and so forth. Hmm? And bring out all these meanings. And, and, and we hear them, we don't. How could it be understood otherwise? So clear to us. Hmm? Now the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had appeared, but no one could understand previously. Look at Sarvabhama's position. There's no Kali Yuga Avatar. What are you talking about? Hmm? This is just one example. So. Yaganananda wrote them on the wall. And all the devotees are celebrating and Mahaprabhu is tearing them up. We have those verses today. Hmm? And we are celebrating them. We should know such verses and understand their implications. So the devotees read the verses on the wall and they kept them. They kept them in their hearts. Hmm? The verse says, really, hmm, seeing them on the outside wall, hmm, the verses came from their hearts into their kanta, into their throats. Hmm? And they, they kept them there, repeating them over and over. So these verses should be taken in the ear, into the heart, and the surface, and, and speak, be spoken, glorify Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is how we, we should follow their example. And the first verse, this is the, 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 the one that's become most um, perhaps recited. Of these hundred verses. Bhairagyaditya Nijabhakti Yoga Shikshatam Eka Purushaha Purana Sri Krishna Chaitanya Sharira Dhari Kripambudhyastam Aham Prapadye Try it. Bhairagyaditya Nijabhakti Yoga Shri Bhairagyaditya Nijabhakti Yoga 
I surrender to you. Tamaham prapadye. Shri Krishna Chaitanya. Sharira Dhari. Eka Purusha Purana. He says, You are the eighth Purusha Purana, the one singular ancient Persian person, original person, Purusha. Ancient means the beginning of everything, the first person, hmm? the, 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 the one behind everything. Hmm? Everything comes from you. He's saying, you are from the world. This is an important point you said it in the Gita what does he say there? Aham Sarvasya Prabhu Matasarvam Prabhartate I'm the source of everything everything comes from me he says it in two ways so he's saying this that original person who's spoken about in the Vedanta in the sutras and the Upanishads and so forth that original person hmm the source of everything. Eka Purusha Purana, the ancient, oldest, distant, hmm? original person. You are that person. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Sharidadhari. You are, you, I offer, I surrender myself to you, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, who were the original person coming in the, in the, in the form, Sharidadhari, bearing the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? Form and person of Sri Krishna He's, he's trembling with this idea. The, the original person in the Veda. How do you get close to him? <laughs> you know, they say, well, there's the Big Bang, and then the religious people say, behind that is God, and you think, well, that's pretty pretty far out there. Hmm? How do you get close to that person behind the, where, where the whole of the universe comes from? Hmm? Where it emanates. Hmm? You're standing in front of me in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? Eka Purusha Purana Sri Krishna Chaitanya Sharidadhari Kripambudhi You're not standing there inactively but you're moving and flowing Actually the word Sharida also can mean like flowing like a river Kripambudhi like an ocean you are Kripambu Ambudhi means Ocean, so you are you are, you, are, you are standing before me and overflowing like an ocean of mercy. I cannot fathom the depths of your kindness. I know what where I was dwelling. Hmm? I was dwelling in the dry, baked desert of logic. Uh. <laughs> 
with a swollen tongue and the heat. Yeah, like talking. Hmm? All these things. It you like an ocean of not water but nectar that inundated my ear gone in my ears, entered my heart, and now flowing on my tongue. And this is what I say to you. Flowing in a hundred verses. Hmm? Without having to think about it. Just flowing like the like the Gandhi, flowing like the ocean to the shore. Hmm? This, is, this is what I'm writing is actually coming from you. Hmm? You, your influence. You have gone into my ears, honored my heart, coming out now. How can I even make such praise? You are doing the praise. Hmm? As an ocean of mercy, you are standing before me. I surrender to you completely. You are the original person appearing in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? And what do you do? Hmm? Shikshatam. Hmm? You are giving the, the, the essential meaning hmm, by your instructions. Hmm? Essential meaning? Nijabhakti Jogam. About your own bhakti. Hmm? Bhairagivitya. That is, it includes within it Bhairagya and Vidya. Hmm? He personally received these instructions from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Enlightened by him personally. Right? Hmm? So he He's saying the, the, the significance, the, the artha, the, the, the essence. Mm-hmm. Through your siksha, you're giving the essence, the essential understanding of your own bhakti within which jnana vairagya are contained. He was a jnani, mm-hmm. and his idea was vairagya. Mm-hmm. That by jnana, by knowledge, we will become detached and by becoming detached, we will be enlightened. We will be filled. Hmm? How can you become full by giving everything up? <laughs> hmm? This is he, he had the wrong idea. Not only did he have the wrong idea and that he was embracing jnana and vairagya rather than bhakti, hmm? jnana and vairagya as a means... Hmm? rather than bhakti as it means, he didn't even understand what is real jnana and what is real vairagya. In, in, the, in the monistic um, discipline and pursuit of Vedanta, as I've often said, one is thought to progress by vairagya. Vairagya is one of the angas or the limbs of jnana, detachment. Hmm? What did Rupa Goswami say about Bhairagya in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu? He goes through so many angas of Bhakti. Does he say fasting is one of them? Giving up your friends is one of them? Detachment? He doesn't say that. He says Bhairagya, which is the corollary of jnana. In other words, if you have real knowledge, then you, well, you know that Enduring happiness will not come from things that don't endure. So, we detach from things. He says, 
These things are not angas of bhakti, jnana and vairagya. They may be a little helpful in the beginning for someone, but hmm, they are not angas of bhakti proper. They are not part of the way, but they are a result of bhakti. Hmm? They are like the children of bhakti. Hmm? They are born out of bhakti. And being born out of bhakti, the real, the proper idea of renunciation and the proper understanding of what knowledge constitutes, hmm, one arrives at. Not only was he just absorbed in jnana and vairagya, but his idea of jnana and vairagya is confused. That's what he's saying. You give the right idea of jnana and what jnana and vairagya is, hmm, and that is in the context of teaching the essential understanding of what your own nija bhakti jogam, what nija bhakti or what bhakti to you is all about. Hmm? It's, this reminds us of the Bhagavatam itself. When the Bhagavatam begins to speak about bhakti in the second chapter, you know, the first canto, the sages ask, what's the goal of life? What's the best thing one can do with one's life? There I quoted it earlier, it says, Vasudeva Bhagavati, Bhakti Yoga Prajita. Devotional service, devotion, bhakti to Vasudeva, means Krishna, hmm, is filled with special uh, qualities, special, uh, it's, it's particularly uh, Yojita, it's, it's, it's uh, um, uh, in, uh, devotion to Krishna is, has certain special powers. Hmm? It is the it is the essence of his Swarup Shakti. Hmm? It, it combines in different ways Sambit and Ladini hmm? to give shape in praying, to give a form to love like Dasya. Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhuja. These are different combinations. Sudarshatva Visheshatva. Vishesh. Certain, it means difference, combinations of Sambit and Lani. Sambit means a kind of knowing. I know I'm the friend of Krishna. I know I'm the lover of Krishna. And there's a corresponding Adini, ecstasy, that comes with this. So the verse says, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Priyajita. Hmm? Devotional service, Bhakti to Krishna. To Krishna, speaking about Prajendanandan Krishna, this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. Sarvabhama is saying this. So Bhakti to you is very peculiar, very special. It has these different. If you have Bhakti Narayan, you get Dasya Bhakti. That's it. Dasya Bhakti. Shanta, but that's, that can change into Dasya by association. Hmm? The real standard of Vaikuntha is Dasya and all the locals of Vaikuntha in relation to all the avatars. Hmm? 
and even Ram. Hanuman is the way, is the way, is the exemplar, and Dasya Bhakti. As I said, in Ramula we find God has a mother, God has a father, he has brothers. That's different. And, but there's not the possibility to pursue that kind of love there. So pointing in the direction of Golok, there the possibilities arise. You become the friend of Krishna, lover of Krishna. Hmm? To become the parent of Krishna, to, ta- to taste these types of special uh, combinations of the Sudha Sattva, of the, of the, uh, of the uh, Swarup Shakti. Bhakti, Basudevi Bhagavati, Bhakti Yoga Prayajita. Verse says on its face, like this verse, by doing bhakti to Krishna, which affords one special tastes, special has special flavors, very special tastes, then this jnana and vairagya, which are thought to be the kind of the bedrock of spiritual life, detachment from the world, knowledge of the Atma, this comes very quickly it comes and it follows in the wake without an extra effort for it ahitu it's saying this kind of bhakti to Krishna again the word ahitu it's ahitu it has no other ambition than the furthering of its own self, that kind of bhakti hmm, brings jnana and vairagya very quickly and a proper understanding of jnana and vairagya. Hmm. That bhakti that is not ahitu, not ahituki, hmm, but is motivated by jnana or karma, this will give a skewed understanding of what knowledge really constitutes and what vairagya really constitutes, ultimately. Hmm? It's a way of saying the big bhakti you really get anything you could possibly get in jnana and vairagya, and jnana and vairagya themselves won't give their own goal. If they're mixed with bhakti, they give something, but it's a kind of a, uh, a vitiated form of, of, of real knowledge and real detachment, hmm? or real jnana and real vairagya. Hmm? So jnana means that this samanda jnana. Hmm? Knowledge about Krishna and the Jiva hmm? and Vairagya. Hmm? Vairagya means two things here. Hmm? Vairagya means you will become detached from things that are not favorable for Krishna's service. Hmm? That means by all appearances you will be attached to some things. The ordinary idea of vairagya as a way and as a goal. Hmm? You have to give up everything. Give up your friends. I met one girl once and she said she had gotten beads in Vrindavan and she was traveling India herself and chanting and she went into the Himalayas and met some sages. They said, you've got to throw away those beads. That is Sabuna. You're attached to your beads. Give them up. Hmm. Give up everything. Hmm. (laughs) 
So from the Vairag, that point of view of Vairagya, we look, appear to be attached to certain, we're attached to our beads. Where are my beads? Oh my God. Where are my beads? Hmm? Right? <laughs> we're attached to other devotees. Oh, when will I get their association again? Oh, Prabhu, don't leave. Hmm? These are like ordinary, looks like ordinary life to these Vairagis, Kyagis, but they don't understand. Hmm? This is real, Rupa Goswami teaches real Vairagya. Hmm? There's two senses. One sense of what real Vairagya is that we will give up the things that are not favorable for Krishna's service. And what about the things that are? We'll be very attached to them. Hmm? Yes. So we will advance by attachment, by sangha, particularly by attachment to other devotees. We'll make progress. So we're almost teaching this. Because of this connection, even slight connection, with Gopinath, who he's attached to as his brother-in-law, I guess it's not slight, but because he's a devotee, he caused him to become a bhakta. He caused him to become the person who we're celebrating today, tonight. From the, from the ordinary idea of Bhairagi, which is a skewed idea, as I say, hmm? all this attachment to devotees, to the deities, to Mahaprasad, fasting is better than Mahaprasad. Hmm? Something like that, I would think. Hmm? What do you think? This is offensive. <laughs> you know, I would like to cite the statement of Uddhava, who says in the 11th canto, we will wear the vestments of Krishna, the worn-out clothes of Krishna, the prince, in Dwarka. That's our renunciation. Tell that to the Mayabhadis and the Tyagis. Mm-hmm. If Krishna doesn't give us his, his, his clothes, then we will make it, but he does. <laughs> so he's saying he's living with him. So he gets his hand-me-downs, he wears them. This is our renunciation. Mm-hmm. And he's dressed in a loyal way with Krishna's clothes. Mm-hmm. Attached, and I, 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 I'm living only in dependence and completely on Krishna. Mm-hmm. If Krishna wants to kill me, no one can save me. If Krishna wants to save me, no one can kill me. If Krishna wants me to take prasadam, Krishna will provide prasadam. Mm-hmm. If not, then I'll just serve something like this. So this is the this dependence of the devotee. Mm-hmm. This... Uh, Arvum is saying, I'm I'm surrendered to you. Hmm? And look at you who you are, the original person, appearing before me as an ocean of mercy, drowning my parched tongue, hmm? parched by logic and reasoning, hmm? and all austerities that come with my rowdy, make the heart just hard, make you a mean kind of a guy. Hmm? Now look at me. I'm like a emotional, you know, <laughs> basket case. <laughs> and oh, groping up, obeying to you, attached to all the devotees. I'm bringing heaps of Jagannath prasad, writing verses in praise of you, and from you who teach the essence of your own bhakti. He's Krishna. So this is Vasudeva Bhagavati. This is bhakti the Krishna he's teaching. Hmm? And ananya bhakti, bhakti, anya bilashita shunyam. 
Jnan Karmadi and Abhitam, this kind of bhakti that Rupa Goswami has explained. Hmm? And in that we find what is really knowledge and what is what is real jnana. And this comes very quickly. Hmm? And what is that bairagya? Two ways I'm explaining. One is, real bairagya is that I will give up the things that are not favorable to Krishna. And I will accept the things that are... So we're not doing bairagya, but we're loving Krishna. Hmm? By loving Krishna, then, some things are not favorable, we reject it. If it's favorable, I embrace it. Hmm? This is called yukta vairagya. Sometimes it's said, well, the jnanis, the, the, the vairagya, the chagya, they give up everything. But we have nothing to give up to begin with. Nothing belongs to us to start with. So, if you gave up something that didn't belong to you, <laughs> you really can't, you know, think too highly of yourself. Hmm? So, what belongs to us, what we really are possessed of, if you will, what we really own and we should own up to is the fact that we think things belong to us when they don't, and we should give that up. Hmm? Nothing belongs to us. It all belongs to Krishna, and therefore, what we do is try to find the utilization of all things in Krishna's service. Probably use the term, excavate the connection that all things have with Krishna and apply it appropriately. Hmm? If you know somebody owns something, then you don't want to take it for yourself. You return it to them. Hmm? So this makes for an active life and an interaction with the world. And there is a real world. Hmm? I mean, even materially speaking, here today and gone tomorrow, but the, the thing that we use, we use the things of the world, and, we, and, and, our, and there's a real world, there's a real spiritual world, so there's real prashad. And there's a real person named Krishna. And he has a real name. It's not just something you utter and then it does away with everything. No, there's a real person on the other end, which is the Mayavada. You can chant and then it will end all, all chanting, all hearing. You'll be silent forever. No, there's a person on the other end. He's real. He's eternal. He looks like this. He eats like this. He likes these things. So you have to understand... It's a very, very different idea of detachment, of vairagya. It's the ordinary idea is very unfriendly, and um, and it constitutes a very gross misunderstanding. This is the one idea. The second idea of vairagya is what hmm? that by bhakti, this, this bhakti to Krishna, special things come. Hmm? As I said, so vairagya means bairag. Hmm? A special kind of rag comes. Hmm? We give up things on account of having developed a special kind of rag. Rag means attachment. A special kind of attachment to Krishna. This is again the attachment to Krishna as a friend, as a lover, hmm? as a servant in Golok. Hmm? This kind of attachment. And, and, it, and, it, and it has kind of uh, in conjunction with it, attachment to other devotees, hmm? sancharis, sanchari bhav, stai bhav, sanchari This bhairagya means special kind of rag. It's the special kind of attachment is the full face of detachment. Hmm? And what are you giving up in that? You're giving up the idea that, that, that you are the center. Hmm? This whole 
idea of vairagya in, 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 in the Advaitin idea, it, it's, it's completely false. Hmm? Again, you're giving up something and you don't own anything to begin with. What's that to be proud of? Hmm? You shouldn't have had it started. <laughs> why, did you, why did you think like that? It was yours. Why were you acting like that? Hmm? And then what do you do? Nothing. So you give it up because you say, well, it's not mine, I agree. Okay. And then you do nothing. You don't return it to its owner. Because you don't own it. Nobody owns it. That's your conclusion. Hmm? One person thinks it's mine. The guy that thinks, oh, I'm very smart. It's not mine. Nothing belongs to me. And thinking it does, that's a problem. Hmm? And it doesn't belong to me. And furthermore, it doesn't belong to anybody. If I can't have it, in other words, nobody can have it. This is, this is the thinking. If I can't have it, nobody can. Therefore, my philosophy is there is no owner. Hmm? There's only nirvishesh, qualityless, without variety, no ownership, no likes, no dislikes, hmm? nothing. This is despicable. And this is Sarvabhama saying in this prayer. I have that idea, and it's despicable. Hmm? And you have given me the essence of, of, of your own bhakti. You've taught me so nicely. Hmm? And that real jnana and real vairagya, that's, that's, that's coming in me. Hmm? But you, by your grace, you who are an ocean of mercy, I surrender to you. Vairagya vidya nija bhakti jogam shikshatuneka purusha purana shikrishna chaitanya shariradari Kripam Buddhiyasvamam Prabhupada Sarvama Bhattacharya Ki Jai Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Gopinatha Charja Ki Jai Kundadatha Ki Jai Damodara Ki Jai Chogananda Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai Rajigopal Ki Jai Kodi Vaishnavaguru Parampara Ki Jai Chaitanya Charitamartam Ki Jai Gaur Premanam Ki Jai Sanchakopatru Vishya, Vasudeva Vishya, Tanam Bhavani Vishya, Sanam 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 B